industry, a lot of times don't really care or think about money. And then all of a sudden they're making it. And she talks about how that we want the money in the hands of the people who are going to use it. Correct. You know, like to buy the organic food and support the organic farmer or go do good things with where we're the ones who are like, Oh, I don't want money because we think it's bad. And she's like, no, we want to circulate the energy. So it all kind of came through. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and get us started. So welcome ladies and gentlemen to coffees, chicks and cash, the podcast. I am your host, Danielle McCarthy, and I'm going to give a quick description of the podcast. It's created for women who desire to take control of their financial future, expand their financial knowledge base, become confident and feel confident competent regarding money and all things financial. It is also designed to educate women about their relationship with money in a relaxed environment and build a community of women who support one another as they strive for financial success. And my guest today and good friend is Miss Emily Nolan. She is a health and lifestyle and fitness coach guru. She has kind of helped me get back on track and stay motivated. And I don't necessarily know that she always knows that, but some of us are watching and take pieces with us. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. So tell us about your business, your story, your journey, and what kind of got you to where you are today. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, Absolutely. So I actually started as an elementary school teacher and um, yeah, resigned from that. even though we financially were not in a position to resign from that, Mm -hmm. um, just wanted to be home with my kids. And soon found out that being home with the kids, there was something missing. I was losing Emily in it. And at that moment, this infomercial came across the TV for a fitness program. So I bought the program. Um, To say it changed my life is an understatement and it just snowballed from becoming a group fitness instructor to a personal trainer um, to starting my own studio to now doing it um, bringing that and bringing it online so that I can help people how about more people in more ways I guess is the best way to put that no I totally like that helping more people in more ways so what have you found as your biggest reward or your biggest struggle and your biggest struggle Ooh, um, biggest, you mean as far as what I do or in life? <laughs> or in, well, in life in general, in making that transition, because again, taking that leap when, you know, financially it's not in, it doesn't look to be in your best interest, right? You're taking right. a huge risk, a huge calculated risk and there's sacrifice to go with it. So walk me through that part. Absolutely. I'm fortunate that um, my husband's very much on the same page. Like we will figure out, everything is figure outable. So let's just go for it. Um, And I'm now addicted to being outside my comfort zone, but that was also the biggest struggle in the beginning is I was raised where you are going to go to college and then you're going to check that box and then you're going to get a job and you'll check that box and you'll keep that until you retire. And then you will be, that's that's what you do and so to think out of that box and to jump out of that box was way out of my comfort zone and what I was supposed to do so that was tricky at first but then the more the more I did it the more I realized 
it fuels me. It, it, it's life. It really brings life and you get to follow what fires you up. And, and then the money comes with it as a side effect right. of stepping into what you love to do. And right. And I think I was just listening to a um, book the other day by Mel Robbins, um, which was the, the five second rule. And she talks about that a lot of people have this misnomer that if you just, if you fall, if you start your passion, you instantly start charging money for it. And she said, that's not the way to do it. She goes, just go into it, have fun and the money will follow. And that takes a lot of trust. That takes a lot of trust in yourself, in the process, um, in abundance <laughs> that it's going to it be does. there. And then also within that trust is you learning that piece of, okay, I can do this. I need to keep researching. I need to keep learning. I need to keep growing. And how does that type of mindset impact you in your business? I love that. Um, personal development was something I did. I read every book, Mel Robbins, you name it. I've got a bookshelf behind me here, mm -hmm. in front of me, behind you, um, of all the books. And I, that was, my daily, you know, you can feed your body spinach, mm -hmm. uh, you know, good, healthy food or not healthy food. And it's going to affect your energy and how you feel. Same with what you're feeling your mind with. So I had to keep feeling my mind with that to develop that trust, to develop that belief, because it, I don't think people think you just naturally have that, but no, everyone's scared. You just have to move forward courageously into that fear. And I don't even know if I answered your question. But <laughs> no, I think you did. It's like, it's a muscle that you have to use. Um, a yeah. good friend of ours, Tabby Halsrud, she does embrace her heart yes. and she's been on the program before. She's actually doing a book right now called Playing Big. And yes. Tara Moore actually talks about, we all have that. Even some of the most powerful women who are sitting in, you know, CEO positions, law firms, and all of that. Mm -hmm they still have that inner critic that, or that self-doubt that kind of says, oh my gosh, you know, mm -hmm. can I truly do this? And you kind of learn to listen to it um, or um, turn it off or turn the volume down in order to think big, play big, and kind of walk out into that world. Right. And um, I know we had talked about briefly that, um, and this is very raw and authentic for you, so thank you for sharing this, that um, your husband has handled most of the finances and because it feels a little too overwhelming to you. Can you walk us through that piece? Because I know for a fact, having worked in working in the financial industry, a lot of women feel that way. And so tell us about that part of you and how are you starting to overcome that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of women can relate. I, I know that in my family, it was my dad took care of it. And then I was fortunate to marry someone who was really responsible in that zone. So I just, all right, hands off, good, because I don't want to know. Um, it's overwhelming. I don't understand. I don't want to understand. You mm -hmm. take care of that. It was easy to brush that off. And also, I mean, I'm going to go back and I've been obviously a service-minded person, a lot of, you know, women, you know, a teacher, a personal trainer, your fitness, you get into it because you want to help people. Right. And you don't get into it because I'm going to be, I'm going to be a millionaire teacher. And right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen so, to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought, yeah, so I'll just get this retirement. It'll build up and it'll be fine. And I don't have to think about it. And I didn't understand that there was so much more, um, 
and the right. possibility, so much mm -hmm. more possibilities. And I didn't even quite honestly want to understand or think I needed to. Mm -hmm. and, and stepping into, I think a lot of women in this time are stepping into with network marketing and these uh, options where we can earn a lot more income than, you know, be in a bracket, a pay bracket mm -hmm. that we never thought possible for ourselves. Right. And now we are, and we find ourselves there and we're going, okay, what do I do now? There's, you know, right. there's gotta be ways to, to do this now, your retirement and all those factors. Right. You realize there's more options than you right. once thought. <laughs> and it goes beyond just retirement, right? Because um, I, my husband was very responsible with money, but, and even though on several occasions I out earned him, he still had that very masculine piece of like, well, I'm the earner. I pay the bills. I do this. Your income is for the kids and discretionary, which was great. And we did, you know, follow the path of um, financial professionals who said, you know, do this, do that, do this. And while we had a partnership, um, there's times where women and it's on both sides. This is what's really interesting to me as I interview more and more women and I work with more and more women is that, you know, the old saying was happy life, happy, um, wife. Right. And I've now changed that to happy, happy house, happy spouse. And I, so I challenge women and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot again, but this is, we kind of work this out. So people aren't going, Oh my gosh, Danielle's attacking her. But, um, <laughs> I guess my question becomes, and it's, and it's a two-pronged question because it's not just directed at you, but it's also directed at the, the, the other spouse, which is if you're not having those conversations, are you truly stepping up into that relationship as a full partnership, right? Mm -hmm. And as a widow, there's a piece of me that when I hear um, women say, yeah, my husband handles all of that and what have you, what if something were to happen to your husband? Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw my husband's death coming sooner than anticipated, obviously, but was still caught off guard. And so part of me doing what I do now is to prevent that. But the same goes, um, I have another woman coming on in a couple of weeks and she's just the opposite. She handles everything in the house and her mm -hmm. husband doesn't. And when I posed that question back to her too, like that took her a second of like, oh, right. Right. So I want us to kind of really, I want to change some of that thought process and that paradigm. We need to have these conversations, not just for ourselves, but for our partner and showing up um, into that relationship as equal partners. Right. right. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, he still can't control or she can't still control or whomever, but mm -hmm. at least we're having those conversations. Um, for that person in particular, she's like, yeah, he probably wouldn't even know where the bank account information was, the insurance policies. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we need to have a conversation about that. At least understand that, put it in and take that time and have those conversations, right? Again, that's kind of why we're having the conversation now with Coffee's Chicks and Cash and the podcast is to open up because these are uncomfortable, sticky questions, right? I was left completely financially devastated after my husband's death, despite doing everything right. And so, um, and we did have those conversations. So you can still have those conversations and still life throws you that curveball where you're just like, and I'm out. So um, I love that. And then also you talked about in your coaching with, um, up and coming leaders that you're now mentoring and coaching that again, they're kind of experiencing the same thing. Didn't know I could earn this money to this level. Now what? So yes. walk us through that piece. 
Oh, um, yeah, and I guess I don't get, if I'm not involved in my own finances, I really don't get involved in other people's finances That's much. fair, that's uh, fair. <laughs> so I don't do a lot of um, coaching in that area at all. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I don't know how to answer that because I'm not really involved in that side of things with them. Um, I guess with what I do more is help them what I find women do, and mm -hmm. I'm guilty of this, is hold ourselves back from making money because oh. we had that cap on ourselves. Right. Like, a lot of us, actually, a lot of my team are former teachers or current okay. teachers. And so we had that, and I, I don't mean to be picking on that profession. It, no, no, know, no. And, I'm, from, but and yes. I'm a and I'm a retired teacher too. So yeah. you know, we get it. We're we're saying this with love because there yeah. is a thought of, um, you know, teacher women still dominate that field. Yes. And there is a cap on income to some extent, right? Yes. There so is. looking out past that, when you do come out, like you and I made that jump out of that career field into something else. Yeah. So how did you overcome having that cap on yourself? That mindset shift. I, mm. it, I'm not going to say I've overcome it. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Perfect. I've come a long ways, but I have a long ways to go. And I see that. So I'm constantly um, working through that piece of it. Um, I have a lot. Keep going. Well, <laughs> a lot of books. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes. I think we're up to like four books in this episode mentioning it, but yes. those but that's another purpose of this is books are one of those pieces. So what I'm hearing is constantly be learning, right? Yes. Yes. Work. And learning, but also like I can read all the books, but if I don't apply it, cause I used to like, just read the books, read the books, the more information, the better, but it's, I found that it's better to, okay. For instance, the book I just held up, she has you write a love letter to money. I just want to skip that part and just keep reading and get through the book. No, stop. Only read one book, even if it's just one book a year versus a hundred books a year, really diving in and doing the work on yourself. Yeah. And that's when you can really start shifting. It's a subconscious shift too. Yes. So it's, it takes some, yes, some work and yeah. And that abundance mindset, right? That yes. is a big shift that I work on. I've, I've come so far with, I'm, I'm really proud of where I've seen myself come and it's fun to work with women now and see my team and, and making that shift of there's not going to be enough and this lack to thank you more, please. Let's keep there's yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do have a couple little things that I'm kind of like, thank you. And more of that, please. Um, and I'm writing that down so that we can that put that. That was a hard one. Yes, because we tend to go, it's good enough. I have, I have everything I need, mm -hmm. but it's okay to want more. It's not selfish to want more. Right. And, and if the, in a lot of ways, the more you have, it means you're making a bigger impact on others. Yes. And secondly, you have that option now to continue to make a bigger impact in other yes. ways. And it yes. opens the door. And when you shift that into it's, it's that's a hard shift, but it's powerful. <laughs> it's a powerful shift and it can be challenging, right? Especially mm -hmm. if it seemed, if it's seemingly like I've done this and I've done the work 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 and it still doesn't seem to be going anywhere. That's where you mm -hmm. just kind of have to keep doing the work, reevaluate kind of what you are doing 
maybe a quick shift, yeah. reaching out to coaches like you um, and, and others to say, okay, bouncing it off ideas off of other friends saying, I'm kind of struggling with this. Um, how have you overcome that? What have you learned? That type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then kind of just knowing sometimes that's also the law of averages. You just have to do it so much before you make that breakthrough. Another great book. Um, it's written by a gentleman, not that that's a bad thing, but the compound effect <laughs> um, it, by Darren Harding is a great piece of that where you kind of just have to break that law of averages. You just keep going and keep yes. going and keep going. And then eventually you break that law of averages and everything opens up. Yes. Sometimes it's that learning to just not only just pick up your foot, but knowing that when you place it, the hard ground's going to be there. But sometimes learning to just pick that foot up in the first place is a huge first step. Yes. Right? So I you love that book. You talked about something previous at the beginning where you talked about, um, you know, we need people to earn more money so that they can earn, so they can go buy those, those, um, organic groceries. And then that helps the organic farmers. So can you expand upon that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. That was part of the shift for me. I think, I, I hate to even say this, but I think it's very true. There's a mentality or a mindset um, at least I was raised with this and I see this in a lot of my family, not, not specifically my parents or anything, but just in mm -hmm. people I'm around, um, where money is bad and people who have money are bad. And mm -hmm. that's, it's the, you know, we can go on the root of all evil. There's all these sayings, right. right? Um, and so a lot of people who are service-minded or who want to make the world a better place, they, they really want to make an impact in this lifetime, but they don't want money. Well, that right. doesn't make sense because we, first of all, money is, like I said earlier, a direct reflection of how many people are you serving and, yes. and getting that out there because that the money comes with that. And secondly, the money in the right hands, what are you going to do with it? You're the one who can, whatever your passion is, you know, yes. I love to support the organic farmers or, you know, the, there's so many ways that right. numerous where, why are we saying we don't want the money, but then the, the bad guy is going to have the money <laughs> right. and use it to, to continue to support things that we maybe don't feel should be supported where we can support things that we really feel should be supported. That, does that make sense? Do that makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay. That makes perfect sense. So tell me the name of the book and the author and hold it up for us. Yes. Earth is hiring by Peter Kelly. And it, it says the new way to live, lead, earn, give for millennials and anyone who gives a I won't say it on the podcast. I don't think it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a millennial. So I was a little offended by that. No, um, but it's, it, it applies to all generations. Um, right. I think it does. Well, and it reminds me of the book, The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. If you haven't had a chance to read this one, she kind of <laughs> talks about um, there's two mindsets when it comes to money, which is... Um, the law of scarcity or the law of abundance and when you're living and it doesn't matter and lynn is um she talks about in her book she's a fundraiser for a nonprofit 
to end hunger across the globe. And she's worked with the most elite and rich of the globe, as well as with, walked into, you know, some of the slums and ghettos of the poorest countries in the world and worked with some of the poorest people. And yet she's found that their mindsets, it's, it falls into one of those two categories. Is there not enough, that mindset of lack, or is there a mindset of abundance? And she also talks about um, the intention behind money. Money will only, um, money is not separate from us. It's who we are, right? It's only, it's just a piece of paper. It's a tool. And yet it's what we infuse it with. Is it infused with abundance or is it infused with scarcity or lack? And then, then that's going to kind of the way it plays out. I like the amount of the abundance mindset, but that's, you know, it took me a while to get there. I was yeah. not raised in that household. I was not raised in a household of abundance, even though um, I went between two dichotomies. I went from very poor being raised by my biological mom to my grandmother's house on the weekend where there was an abundance of everything, but yet she never shared anything. So even in that, what looked to me as a child, a very abundant um, household was very um, it was coveted and it wasn't shared. And it was like, no, this is mine. I've worked hard for it. I'm not going to share it. And it was really kind of this weird, but you have all of this. Why wouldn't you share it? Right. Um, and so that was an interesting dichotomy and then kind of switching as an adult and learning that the more I had, the more I could share. And even sometimes if I didn't have sharing, it created more right? Which is kind of a paradox on some level. Right. That's a, yes, difficult, especially when you come from penny savers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Very frugal, very mindful penny savers. That's a great way to put it. I would put it some other ways, but that would be so kind. (laughs) I remember my saying that to me. The rich are the ones who save their pennies. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm always, Yes, it is that shift of, yes. So walk me, talk to me about the letter you wrote to money. Would you care to share just some pieces of that, if you remember what you wrote? Oh, man, I don't, and I don't have it. That's Um, okay. It was just, it really was just, uh, because, yeah, I, I, and I still, like, you can write it, but again, you have to go back to it. Um, Mm -hmm just shifting from, yeah, I, I was always money is bad. People who have money are bad. You know, mm-hmm. I, my mom was a teacher. So she would say, you we've got a free ticket to heaven here, but we don't have money. Well, <laughs> <this life. laughs> that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> right? So um, anyhow, it was just shifting that into I love you. I appreciate you, what you mm-hmm. offer to me, to my family, the experiences. Experiences are very, one of my highest values. Freedom is one of my highest values. So you allow me to have these and you allow me to give these to others. And that was really the shift in the letter. I mean, that's just a really vague, but it was that appreciation. And it's been a really hard thing for me to shift to abundance. And I still see myself battling with that. And what's interesting in business 
is I know when I'm in a lack mindset because my business will reflect it. And when I'm in an abundance mindset, my business will reflect it. It's insane. And you can just, if you just step back, I mean, being an entrepreneur is like putting a mirror in front of your face every single day. And sometimes you don't like what you see. You're kind of like, not liking this today. This is not going to be a great day. This is awesome. Yes. No, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see it. And I'll even, I'll be working with one of my coaches and she'll be saying, um, this, things aren't going really well right now. People are not wanting to, you know, Mm -hmm. she feels passionate. She wants to help people change their lives and why are they not wanting to? And then it comes back to her and earning money. And I say, okay, step back, go for a walk, Mm -hmm. shift your mind and write a letter, whatever it is for you. Right. And then come back to it. You'll have a different energy. You'll have a different frame of it. There's plenty to go around and then step into it. And every single time I get the call, oh my gosh, I have so many new people that are ready to go (laughs) change their lives. And then again, it's that reflection now her income because she's helping more people. Yep. (laughs) So, yep. Follow the passion, do it for the love with the intention of love. And the abundance comes back to you in an amazing way. Cause that's how I run my businesses and what I do, which is just share the love and try and connect people, connect resources, connect, um, opportunities for people to share their experiences, their, their, um, their passion, their why, whatever, so that it's getting people to go out there because people will buy from you because they know, like, and trust you. And it's not, you know, everybody will tell you, oh, it's about the sales. It's about the sales. I'm finding, especially in this more relationship driven sales culture that's out there now, people want to know, like, and trust you. Um, And so getting that out there and it's a slower way to build business, obviously, because you have to establish that trust. You have to establish that validation. You have to establish that reputation but it's worth it because then you become a person known for your integrity, known for who you are and that you stand in your authenticity and represent that well. Yes. It feels good. You know, Yeah, it does. And and you do have to have that trust that what I'm doing today will come in. Just keep planting those seeds (laughs) and then kind of go back and water them, fertilize them and just keep planting and that abundance will come back. It will. It does. Um, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So um, is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners and our viewership with? Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I guess I would just sum it up. We've hit on quite a few topics. So, um, but it all comes back to one thing and it's just shifting that mindset to the abundance, mm-hmm. um, wanting to make a bigger impact in your time on this earth. And that does include money and learning to shift that into that, that mindset of this is okay. This is good. Not just, okay, this is a good thing. And yep. then taking ownership has, which I need to do. Um, it, and I'm not going to lie. Like when you say that I'm not stepping up as a partner, it's like, I don't mean that to be like a huge, no. like, it's just a, I want to see, um, because 
our partners deserve us to step up into those roles, right? Um, And they deserve to have that love, that support, that backing. And it's not to say, oh, you're not stepping into a role. It's more of um, giving to your partner. It's just part of more of expanding that relationship and saying, hey, I've got your back. Help me understand this. Help me how to understand how to help you better in this instance. And that makes complete sense, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we divvy out everything, like you do this, I do this, then we're great roommates and teammates in that. Right. But we're not really coming together in that. So, right. Makes and sense. so, you know, that's just that, that's my whole thing is you as a partner deserve to have that option and that ability to give to your partner just as much as that um, partner has that ability and need to have that support and that love coming that way. And it's just an exchange again of the love that you share with each other. So um, thank you so much for being very open, very authentic and very raw about some of this because I know some of this was hard for you. So I appreciate that because I know that there's going to be other women out there that resonate with that. And so I'm going to take just a quick minute in our financial minute with a little bit of an insight that many women talking about money and how it works is intimidating or overwhelming until they understand the relationship with money. Just like you were talking about, right? Write that letter. Even if it's not a love letter of saying, you know what, I would love to love you. I just don't know how, I don't know where to start getting curious about it and say, but I'd like to learn more. I want to learn more Um, (laughs) until they understand the relationship with money, how to overcome some of the obstacles they feel that block that financial success. And it may not just, and I'm not talking financial success and what you can accumulate and what you can earn, but also there's, there's success in learning about programs and, and the, the financial piece around it. Like I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the process right now of learning about mortgages because that has always intimidated me to some, you know, to major some extent. I'm like, wee, that sounds really overwhelming. That seems over nut. Um, and we have, um, a guest coming up that will be talking about mortgages and she breaks them down very easily. And I went, Oh, so that's really <laughs> not all that big and scary. Okay. Right. Once huh. we, <laughs> okay. So still needing things to learn. So I want to thank you again, Emily, for coming on. How do people find you? Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram, the easiest ways to find me. Um, Emily Nolan, N-O-W-L-A-N. And on Instagram, it's followed by YBF. So it's Emily Nolan YBF for Your Best Fitness. Which nice. is actually, my, my husband helped me come up with that name years ago. Little did I know that that would actually become my entire mission. It was just kind of a name to throw on the wall. Mm-hmm. But that stands for Body Energy Strength Transformation. And my my mission overall is to help people live their best life, whatever that means for them to step into that. And health and fitness is a great vehicle to, um, to get into that, but there's so much more than, I mean, body. Of course. It's always, it's always. So I love this and I'm going to leave this with this because this reminds me so much of you. Amazing things happen when women gather to create something positive in their lives as well as the lives of others. So Emily, thank you so much. All of your contact information will be found in the video description and on the podcast description. And this has been Coffee's Chicks and Cash, the podcast. And it's um, brought to you by the McCarthy Agency, a part of the Five Rings financial family. Thanks so much, Emily. Thank you.